1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Jack Ramsey's Danny Marang, Brandon's Break. It is a mailbag podcast. First of all, welcome you in. Appreciate you. We're doing it live mostly because it saves me some work. I'm being lazy. <laughs> uh, that's really what this is about today. Uh, it's anything that I can do to save myself some time and effort and a little bit more time for me to curl up in a ball and take some more sleep. I'm all for it right now. Mm-hmm. So, uh, without further ado, uh, this is the Jack Ramsey Show brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Uh, like, rate, review, subscribe, help us grow the show. <clears throat> And also help me keep my voice apparently uh like rate review subscribe uh we are nearing 3000 again the goal now is 4000 4000 welcome everybody in we appreciate you i know it's midday one this is probably going to be for a larger crowd later in the afternoon but uh brandon works stupid early in the morning and i'm curled up in bed so we're doing it right now
2: (laughs) it's the best time for our (laughs) schedule you're coming back from the hip surgery yes um look shout out to the people that are tuning in live but for the people that are going to catch this maybe a little bit later Hopefully we get to all the questions. There's a lot of questions out there. I know you want to talk about the Blazers Edge stuff. Uh, There is a ton out there. The Joe Cronin vision that we were just given by Jason Quick today. So there's a lot to discuss.
1: Uh, James Barker, was that a sponsor? No, Blue Wire Podcast is not our sponsor. Blue Wire is who I work for. That's, yep. This is all under the Blue Wire podcast network. So if yeah, I, I, I don't say it as much as I probably should. <laughs> but they are who pays me. Uh, I am under contract through Blue Wire. So um, if you guys are familiar with them, they they also have uh, Lightyear's podcast, a bunch of it, uh, Bav's podcast. They have a ton. I think they've got like 140 um, NBA podcasts quasi-related podcast now, uh, as well as uh, Justin Rowan, who uh, had the chase down on Blue Wire before being brought on by the Cleveland Cavaliers. So that's kind of where we're at. Um, You guys um, guys got a lot of questions in in like less than an hour. So first of all, thank you. Uh, I was an idiot, forgot to do it last night. I forget to do a lot of things right now. I think there's a that's the meds. I, th- I think there's a reason for that. A L- yes. lot, lot more spelling errors lately, too, I've noticed in a lot of my tweets. I'm like, God dang, it's getting even worse. I'm, I'm, I'm a <laughs> habitual offender anyways, but I just hammer the keys and send. I need an editor for my tweets. Well, let's be honest. I need people to just tell me to tweet less to be cheating. That's
2: kind of how this goes. I have told you that. You told me, you said less is more. I'm a volume tweeter, baby. You Listen. are a volume tweeter. It's all about how you shoot.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's uh, I'm the Alan Iverson of tweets. I just just let them go. Um, got a lot of draft con- uh, questions, both from here in the chat right now and uh, in the actual questions here. Um, what do you want to do, Randy? you want to get some questions first, or you want to go yeah. to a quick article first? Let's do some questions first.
2: Let's all do right. some questions first. Uh,
1: Jamel Cutler. Um, shout out, Jamel. Um, horrible, horrible person as a Knicks fan, but I love him anyways. Um <laughs> 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 right over to Hoop Mag, just an uh, just all-around good dude. But he asked a good question, and I think this kind of pertains to a lot of what we're going to talk about today. If you're management, would you give Simon's the keys sooner rather than later? And, and, I think, and I think you can discuss sooner uh, as, a, as a different kind of thing.
2: Okay, well, it, tell me then what? Because if you're talking about sooner for me, that means like next year. I no. think two
1: years is sooner.
2: Two years. I mean, that would lead to an obvious conclusion, but if it came to that, yeah, that, I mean, there's another question. I don't want to get too far ahead because I want some people to get their shout outs, but in case we don't get to this one, there was another question that I saw right before we launched basically saying, how much do you trust Ant in the future if said scenario that is unsaid happens? Mm -hmm. And I've said this all along, like, it, guys, that 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 situation is going to be really hard and really tough and really emotional a lot for a lot of fans. But I, it's hard to think of a better starting point than having an Anthony Simons yeah. on your roster. So it'd be it'd be that quick. It'd be as soon as that happened, if that ever happened, then I'd I'd do it right then and there.
1: It's I I think that's kind of where we're at. It, I'm leaning more and more towards sooner, and I think that that is the natural progression of this. I think that's how this is going to go. This is this is a baton passing. Where in this organization's history has that ever really happened?
2: Um. No, I don't. No, because every it's, it's, every I think it
1: did. every iteration has just stopped and a new one has started. It hasn't been a smooth transition. Bill Walton leaves, pissed yes. off. Clyde yes. Drexler traded away, not happy. Brandon Roy injuries. Greg Oden injuries. LaMarcus, I'm out.
2: Like. Well, I'd even say the the Sheed teams broken up, retired, like gone, everything. Like it was,
1: it was never like this, like transition period of like smoothness for all the consistency this franchise has ever had. It's been ties are severed, and it's like start from scratch type stuff. This would be the first time where you you could have a legitimate baton passing. I find that at least a little bit interesting.
2: Well, oh, and if it's two, let's it, it, say it's three years, you know, I think you said two, even two to three years to me in that league, that's later. Which is like, funny because it's, Anthony
1: it's, Simons is, is 22, going to be 23 in June. Right, right. It's kind of crazy. You think about it. He'll be 25, which means he'll be entering his prime, which again, a transitionary period of being able to hand a baton to a guy who's probably yeah that dude would be pretty cool.
2: I would also say too, because we're going to get to the quick thing. Just to add to this question specifically, it's pretty clear that if this is Cronin's job, that key is ready to be handed over at any given minute.
1: You think so? Oh, if, if, if Cronin is in charge.
2: If Cronin yes. is in charge, he's basically got the key in his pocket, and if he is told, hey—
1: Oh, he's, this, got, a sp- he's got a spare already. He's got a this, spare to yes. aunt to, to, aunt to move in. Like <laughs> Exactly. It, it,
2: yeah, it could be, he could be ready tomorrow, or he could be ready in a year or yeah. two or three from now, but he's ready to do it.
1: Okay, let's get to the the elephant, the elephant stacked on top of elephants in the room. From Erek at Erek underscore. Can you guys address why all of a sudden everyone is forgetting how bleeping great Damian Lillard is and are so quick to think we should just trade him? Maybe it's an out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. Ant does not equal Dame. I think there's a couple different questions in that question. I don't think anybody is saying Ant equals Dame. I'm not saying Ant equals Dame. I'm saying in the future, he could be a Dame-esque type player. I, if we're talking about, and if, and if you're trading Damian Lillard, you're talking about a reset. Like Don't don't get it twisted. Go ahead and ha- have your drink. That is a very, very different conversation about what this team is going forward. Now, the identity changes, the, the, the whole style of the team changes, the je ne sais quoi of the team changes, whatever you want to call it. The heart of the team changes, and that's not an easy thing. And I kind of want to sandwich these two things together, Brandon. Both this question and Dave Deckard, my editor at Blazer's Edge, his article. Because it 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 pissed a lot of people off. And I will I will go here with it to start. I disagree on the premise of having to trade Damian Lillard. I think he has two good years left in him. Genuinely. I don't think he's chronically injured. Even though he has been injured for four years, it has been the same injury that hasn't been addressed. However, I have caveated this as real-life versus spreadsheet basketball. In spreadsheet basketball, you trade Damian Lillard. You do it. Why? Because you have to be able to get value for this team and reset where you're at right now based on, to take an Olshayism, the timeline. And the rest of this team is 25 years old and younger. Damian Lillard's 32. Yusuf Nurkic is what 28, 29, and of course now my dog is barking now that I want to start talking.
2: (laughs) Well, I think Damian Lillard just showed up to your door to tell you shut the hell up. Yes. (laughs) And here's where I'm
1: gonna get with the next part of this. Reality says no. Right. You cannot. And there's there's I think there's sentimental reasons for this. There's basketball reasons for this, and there's business reasons for this. The business reasons for this is butts and seats. Damian Lillard will get 75% of your season tickets sold. like He does that, and that matters. On the basketball side of things, he is, when healthy, a top 12 player in the NBA. And I've, I don't feel like he's going to come back damaged. I don't feel like he, there's going to be an issue with him when he returns. And if anything, taking a year off from basketball might have been the best possible thing for him in the long run. Beyond that, you can't, after what we just talked about, every superstar iteration of this franchise just stopping and ending on a on bad terms wouldn't you like to reverse that for once like if he ends up forcing his way out so be it but don't have it be the franchise again don't be have it be the franchise mismanaging a situation which clearly they did for most of Damian Lillard's tenure here in Portland that's kind of where I am with this I understand why some people would say you have to look at trading Damian Lillard I disagree that you should. But I understand where you're coming from. Where where, do you, where are you sitting in all of this?
2: I mean, I, I've, I've made my position pretty clear. Like, I want him to be Dirk. I want him to be Kobe. We've never had yes. anybody like that in the franchise's history. Walton is, you know, maybe the all-time most talented. It was a short window and a short run, and it ended in an ugly lawsuit, and a, a guy pissed at an organization for a handful of years. You go to Clyde, and those were really successful, fun teams that got the city, you know, rejuvenated about basketball the closest they've
1: been to an NBA title
2: it's it's it ended in bitter divorce and it ended with that guy playing a vast majority of his career in this city and deciding to be Houston Rocket in the NBA Hall of Fame and now openly telling a player to get the hell out of Portland um and then talking a ton
1: a heap of trash last week
2: uh, you go to the late 90s and and those guys just kind of it just blew up on its own and then you go to Brandon Roy and that's that's the one that I would say organizationally was not they're doing, they took the talented player. Yes. They just Unfortunately, the window for him was not as... But the big. divorce was bad
1: between well, PA and Brandon. Well, the divorce
2: Brandon. was bad because, look, I, I'm not going to absolve Brandon Roy of, of that whole situation. I think there's a lot more that goes into yes. it than just what we know. But um, the point that you're making, like, we've never had a statue player, right? Like, we've got players uh, worthy of a statue. But if you're really talking about statues of players outside of an arena, you're talking about guys that that mean a lot to the fan base, the organization. It goes beyond basketball. It goes community ties. It goes the way you just feel about a player. Like I saw a lot of the emotion with CJ was traded. I can't fathom what that's like if that oh day ever comes with Dame. God. So to have that, to me, it's like right now this organization statue players are Jerome Kersey,
3: like Terry you know what I
2: mean. Terry Porter like those are the players and those are fine players those are good players to have rooted for and have as a part of the community RIP Jerome but Dame is another level of that and, yes. and this organization has been it's been void of having that for themselves so I disagree with the entire shape of the story what I I guess what I just don't really understand is how somebody can just can't we just disagree? Without having to drag every single thing about ev- from every single person every single time, like it's one thing to actively troll Twitter and to say things that are a little ludicrous every single day. Like that, at that point, you've lost credibility. It's another to put out think pieces where they value a three thousand word cap and, and then <laughs> they they, they take player management opinion pieces and it, they break it down based on the prism. By the way of Charles Barkley at halftime saying aloud they should trade yeah. Damian Lillow. Like, let's not forget, Dave is making this abundantly clear, I think, in his first couple graphs of this is basing it off of what Charles said and how, yes. you, would, how you would examine that. Again, I don't agree with it, but, like, the amount of vitriol that happens on social media with an article that you just – I, I also wonder what's the percentage of people that actually just read it instead of just. I, the again, oh, I'm not even going to read. this. I would, like, well, but there's context to that, yeah, right?
1: I would imagine less than half of people read it because if you read it, you would not come away, even if you vehemently disagreed with the premise, you would not come away from that Which, article going, yeah, that's clickbait.
2: Well, like, I, I just he lays out the financials, he lays out the time frame, age wise, the you know the young assets you. He just he kind of just lays it out and says, well. If you're doing it, this is what you're doing, and this is the value. The spreadsheet doing
1: it. basketball of doing yes. it. The yes. the the purely like if you're talking about the basketball health of the franchise in the long term, you can you can sell me on trading Damian Lillard. Mm-hmm. That is the it's the only way you will you will even get me to go. Okay, tell me what you think. I disagree, because I think there is a a window of will they be a title contender? Probably not. Will they be better than they've ever been under Damian Lillard? I think there is a chance for that. And I think it, that, that yeah. they and I, as much as I don't like using this, I think that they owe him that opportunity because the previous general manager kept that from him.
2: Sure, but you know, I, I just I even disagree with any timeline. Like for me, it's it's an it's an actual non-starter. And you can you can sell on a spreadsheet why it may make sense for the franchise, but again, the franchise has not done itself a favor. And having a player like Damon being able to do what they can and say, look, if this ends, it's not on our side. Like we're doing everything we possibly can yes. to make you happy and to keep you here and to keep you rooted in Portland. And I just, it, there's no logical conversation for me to even entertain that notion because I, I value that. And I also look at other teams around the league and the one team I keep coming across is dames. What is he 31 going yeah. to be 32 in July? He's going to be 32 in July. I I just keep coming back to Phoenix Mm -hmm. and I look at Phoenix and I went through the roster today and you have a 25 wing, you have a 25 year old guard wing. You've got a 23 year old center. Like you, you look at it, you got a 31 year old two guard, you know, another guy going to his thirties nurk. Like I just think you can look at a lot of similarities in terms of age and timelines without having to say, well, Dame's turning 32. We got to blow this up. Chris Paul is 36. Now I know Chris Paul just got a major hand injury, but, Chris Paul is a very good player and has been a good player later on in his career. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to eliminate Dame from the, from saying Dame can't be a really good impactful player mixed with some younger ish guys. So for me, if you're keeping a guy till he's 36, 37, like at that point, I'm just all in on keeping it going until he wants to retire because what's another couple of years for me at that point.
1: Yeah. And I, I think, you know, it's kind of funny is who's to say that the trailblazers don't luck into the number one overall pick. Sure. And then they get their version of DeAndre Ayton, and Anthony Simons becomes your Devin Booker and that's... you, and you find a, a, a McHale bridges and then you use that MLE on your Jay Crowder. Yep. That's, that's the kind of type of needle they're trying to thread.
2: And it's, it's a, it's a tough ass. I mean, it, we're, we're talking, here, but, but yeah, but, but there's a window there where you don't have to go. Well, we can't contend next year, and Dame's thirty-two. We're done with this. Like you don't have to. You do don't that.
1: have to have this hard cut. That's kind of what I've, I, I used to, to kind of frame this is like it doesn't have to just having that baton pass, would be pretty cool. Having everybody just both be amenable to the same situation in three years, four years, whatever that is.
2: Also, I'm telling you, like I, for all the feels people would have had, or probably did have, and I'll, I'll admit, like. I kind of got goosebumps and I'm kind of getting goosebumps thinking back the moment when Dame is walking to the locker room after game seven in Denver with his hands like this, I can't believe he finally had reached the West finals. Now, whether how legit they were as a West finals team doesn't matter to me because they were able to achieve that. Mm -hmm. The amount of goosebumps and feeling you would have if you could see a 36, 37 year old Dame, if that's what it took another three, four years in a serious contending spot with in, some in a some Western
1: players. Conference Finals where they're like, you're not laughing about it.
2: Yeah, or even to even you know entertain the notion of getting to a finals randomly again. I know how tough and small percentage that is, but like, there's value in that for me. And you know, I I, I just think there there should be value in that for everybody. I'm okay if you say, well, logically I can map out why it makes sense. Mm-hmm. I don't have to read all those pieces. I'll read them if I want to. Sure, but I'm also not going to be like, "Well, this guy's been trolling us for years and he's been actively trying to piss us off." I don't. I don't feel that way. Um, So that's why I just read the piece and I was like, "Okay, well, I still don't agree."
1: Yeah, no. And again, if I'm mostly with you there, like again, I I, I see a a world where you can say it one way, but I I land on the other side, especially for the next two years. It just I I would, I, I personally, I believe that that is. He is deserving of that chance. Yes. And then figuring it out from there. Shelby R says, I think the fan frustration, we had to hear about Dame Wedding out all summer. Now we're hearing with the media. We should want Dame out. Everyone's exhausted with the topic in general. I don't I don't believe people are exhausted with it because it keeps coming up. <laughs>
2: um Well, we went through a big scare last summer.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing is I I think Portland fans are still very much la 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 as it came as it what last summer actually was. And the reality is, is that Damian Lillard did explore other options. He said it himself. It's not, it's, it's not, you know, heresy to say such a thing.
2: You don't don't have dinner with Anthony Davis and LeBron James in LA to just have dinner with LeBron James and Anthony Davis.
1: You can make the phone call to catch up with a guy. You're going to go spend some time together with the Olympic team.
2: Like what are you you talking about over dinner? You're not talking about shoe sales.
1: So yeah, especially the Nike and Adidas guys.
2: Right.
1: Um, but yeah, I think that's kind of where, where we land with, with. I think that.
2: Danny, it sounds like I'm defending it, and I, I just I'm just trying to be honest about it. I think the other part that a lot of fans maybe felt in the moment because of the discourse you saw on social media was, "Hey, the national guys do this enough to us, and now we've got the local guy." Yeah. You know what I mean? Not that, not that that we should dictate journalism locally based on how national makes us but not just feel. that
1: but talking about the things you don't want to talk about realistically and this is sure. where i i, I kind of go with with blogs in general
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data
3: are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I think that's one of the best places to do
1: those things because you have, you have an inherent interest or love in that and, Writing about challenging topics or uncomfortable topics, as it pertains to a, a, a legend, it doesn't. It's not always going to be sunshine and rainbows, and I think that's. I, I think with so much change in the on the landscape over the last couple months, it's just like I, I think it. It's just kind of one punch too many, for a lot of people. Yeah, and and I get that from a change perspective. All right, we spent way too much time on this already. <laughs> so let's get back to the, the rest of the questions jason uh aka blazer fan 72 at hecubus 01 if the blazers can make only one major move what would you want it to be so i'll frame this between now and and the start of next season what is your one major move
2: get draymond green here
1: that's a pretty good one
2: i think having a draymond green with dame and ant um now, I don't know what it would take in a trade scenario of that situation, but just kind of hypothetically throwing some stuff around. You've got Nurk down low. We know Draymond can be fine with or without Nurk. And then if you have some shooters around him, you add, uh, let's say, a Josh Hart. Hell, I, you know, Joe Ingles at some point. Like, I just, I just think they can get really creative mm-hmm. and you would have a lot of playmaking options there paired with also what Draymond means defensively.
1: Okay. You went about as high as I was gonna go with like the type of player, but I would take a, a player whose last name is a color, so green.
2: Well, brown. I, I, You're not getting that unless you're giving up ants. So yeah, you're telling me that that's what it takes. <laughs> it's, mean, a, it's, a,
1: it's a no. It's a no. I'm back. not.
2: I'm not mad if they do that. By the way, like I've said that abundantly clear. Like that would be tough pill to swallow because I think we know he's is a damn good player. But mm-hmm. I just I don't think that that's reasonable. This organization. I don't think is going to be including him in any talks of any sort. And so that basically eliminates for me.
3: Kind of uh, what that whole option.
2: Mr. Brown. Cause I don't know what yeah. else would it really entice them to give up a young forward like that.
1: I think the other, the thing is for me, the big move is to secure a four. And by a four, I mean, whether it's Jeremy Grant, whether it's Jabari Smith, whether it's Draymond green, give me a four that, that makes a difference. They have not, been able to do that in eight years give me a four that makes a difference do that and i think you're in, in a good position going forward um i want to hop off the questions real quick and jason quick wrote an article this morning uh sitting down with joe cronin the trailblazers future through the eyes of joe cronin create space then find talent i think this is kind of a uh, a transition to kind of paint where things are at right now i'm going to bring this up on the screen so you guys can kind of Follow along a little bit. Uh, and here's the the gist of it. Um, Hart Hart was a centerpiece of Blazers' return from New Orleans in the CJ McCullum trade. He's not disappointed. His first five games with Blazers he averaged 19, 5, and 4 while playing a determined defense. Cronin said we targeted him, and that's the type of player we want. We want to find more Josh Hart's at different positions. Okay, now, next part of this is a little interesting. Much like the Blazers for last year search for shooters and ball handlers who fit Terry Stotts' flow offense, Cronin said the Blazers were now zeroing and players who fit the mold of what Chauncey Bills values. That means smart, versatile, tough-minded players who compete on the defensive end, players like Hart. I'm going to address the second part of that first. <laughs> I don't think Terry Stotts wanted players who were dumb and didn't want to play defense and just wanted to dribble and shoot. I think it's a little unfair of a characterization that kind of Jason throws in there
2: um yeah i saw that part too and i'm like so terry wanted three six three guards and carmelo anthony is a six man yeah. I, and i i think we know that last year i i i personally think going into that last year that relationship had kind of soured it was done um i had heard things that two years prior to that that they had some dust ups, but yeah. like i think overall they had really kind of reached the point of look we've been doing this for a decade we we clearly have differing visions right now yeah. i yeah, didn't I didn't really follow that part of it, that blurb of Terry Stotts. Like, I think if you gave Terry Stotts more West Matthews and and, and less CJ McCollum's, he would have been more West Matthews, Nick
1: Batum's, and Marcus yes. Aldridge's. Yeah, I,
2: th- I, th- I think Terry Stotts would have gladly had a six eleven forward slash five. You mean the
1: team built six, like eight. the same way as the title winning team in Dallas was built?
2: Oh yeah, I think I think, oh. you, yeah, I think it's safe to say that I think Terry Stotts did not want three six three dudes. Carmelo Anthony at the very end of his career, um, and and, what, and and
1: a scanter, the human boomerang,
2: and Myers Leonard on a four year forty million dollar deal. Like I, I, I don't think that was Terry's thing, and I thought it was abundantly clear. Like both guys had made it clear. Terry gives thoughts, but I thought the the, the roster was Neil, the coaching was Terry. Yeah, and I think it's also been made clear since the the season's gone absolute dog ass uh that it was a
1: product of the roster
2: (laughs) people realized it was more a product of the roster and not the coaching that if you actually Uh. look at the rosters the coach the previous coach was given you could make a good argument he probably overachieved somewhat even with having a Damian number
1: interesting interesting but back to the josh hart stuff i think it's very poignant to see what way joe cronin is wanting to go with this roster
2: it seems um, very different than Neil, does it not? Like the entire <laughs> article screamed a guy who was behind yeah. the scenes going, Dude, what are we doing? Why are yeah. we doing this?
1: Uh, I remember some people were saying, Well, it sounds like uh Joe is uh, just you know following Neil Olshe's footsteps because they brought in Keon Johnson, remember, with the first trade. He's like, Oh great, another guard. And it was like, No, guys, it's a six foot four kid with obscene of athleticism. Uh and Johnson said it last night in, in the pregame. Um, he sees Keon is maybe being a, an elite per, uh, perimeter defender in his career, which I found to be interesting. Um, but
2: well, Super big athlete. I mean, you have that ability. You just gotta lock that dog in.
1: And we saw a little bit of that dog last night, which I, th- I thought was kind of fun. Um, but again, grand scheme, Cronin goes on to talk about Joe, or uh, Justice Winslow and Josh Hartz. Basically, they want athletes. 6'5", 6'6", 6'7", switchable, competitive dogs. Guys who are wanting to push the pace uh get in your face uh, all of the the things that are that are on top of that I think are going to be you know complementary to Damian Lillard and Anthony Simons going forward That's is that the same vibe as you got
2: Oh yeah I mean he he's basically going to do whatever it takes to address an area Danny that this organization has largely been whiffing and missing on so I I think it's a guy that behind the scenes was probably advocating for maybe a couple different moves. And, you know, ultimately the last guy in power was pretty power hungry. And I think vetoed things and would run on his gut on certain things, but just asked by the, I quick put it in the article and said, would Cronin be concerned if Billups next season decided to start Lillard Simon's heart, which is still bigger than Dame CJ norm, but still a little smaller. And Cronin said, quote, size wise. Yes. Now, he did add concern with putting enough talent on the roster and positionally our trades have solved some of the issues as far and and financially for their future. But I think that's a telling part. The size-wise, yes, I think that kind of screams to you they're clearly going to be looking to build up this roster to the point where maybe Josh Hart is your sixth man. Which you can do so much worse coming off the bench than Josh yeah. Hart. You're
1: in a good spot then. The, the, so the, the line here is, I asked Cronin if he was concerned about recreating some of the same issues that plagued Portland in the past. Which again, we're talking about a small backcourt. Portland's bug of the years has been defense, and in particular the backcourt resistance offered by Damian Lillard and McCollum. Also, when Norm Powell was brought in to start alongside Lillard and McCollum, the Blazers were overmatched physically almost every night. Cronin's concern level regarding the possibility of starting Lillard and Simons together. And this is where you want to know... Uh, how I know Anthony Simons is gonna be a trailblazer for a very long time? Zero, Cronin said. I would vote to play ant at center if it was the only way to get him thirty-six minutes. He's that good.
2: <laughs> pay that man, he's money. Some team is going to absolutely screw Portland over and offer this kid twenty-seven a year. And we're gonna have to go, uh, oh, twenty-seven a year. And they're gonna pay it. They're not, gonna, they're not
1: even they're not even going to blink.
2: No, they're not going to blink, but it's it's funny that like Portland's had a couple of those moments. Remember Roy Hibbert famously, they made the Pacers pay all that money to Roy Hibbert. Uh not saying that Ant is Roy Hibbert too. And the Blazers no. did
1: it did it to Utah with Paul Millsap with, with Paul Poison Millsap.
2: Pill. Right. So, I I'm just saying like I wouldn't be stunned if another West team out there saw Portland's roster and was like Shit, that thing's not that bad. Well, what happens if we offer him twenty-seven a year? They're gonna have to match that just to railroad him by five, mm-hmm. $5 to six million dollars.
1: But it'll also take away their cap space in a summer, where it's kind of a weird position. So it's it's that that game True. is True. always True. interesting when you're playing True. with restricted free agents. The Blazers did it because well, they they really wanted to screw with Utah. So
2: well, and every uh, year the cap goes up. I mean, the more that contract looks a little easier on. The and board. that's the thing is,
1: if Anthony Simons is signed at twenty million dollars, it is going to be a bargain and probably probably the same year
2: oh yeah i'd agree with that
1: he probably overperformed if he is on the development curve that i believe that he is on which is a 24 25 point a game guy he is going to overperform that contract immediately
2: and and the thing with him to think about so um refresh my mind on the restricted they can do the it's just open to everybody right yeah anybody can
1: can make an offer and the blazers have a chance to to match
2: Right, okay. So I, I knew that part of it, but there's no window in the first X amount where they can go. Cause I'm just wondering how much Ant is gonna value.
1: There's the moratorium. St- there's the, the, the what was it? the four day moratorium or whatever. Okay, that's what
2: it was. Yeah, I was I was blanking on that. I'm almost wondering too with Ant, because I know Ant wants to get the bag and money for most of these guys is is what reigns supreme. But there's an element of like fit, right? That not that Ant won't fit in so many other spots around this league, but fit in the I get to play with Damien Lillard. Mm-hmm. I get to stay with the team that drafted me and has helped, you know, coach me up and develop me, develop me um, to this point of, of getting this kind of, like, I just wonder how much that factors in for him. Not that he's going to say no to 25 mil a year, but more just kind of like, is there an idea in his mind that he'd prefer to stay in Portland, even if that meant a slightly lower number?
1: One of the things that Ant told me when we were talking the other day was that, I, I told him, you know, selfishly, I hope you finish your whole career in Portland. But, you know, I I want to see you succeed wherever you go. And he flat out told me, man, I want to be here. Like, they, they believe right. in me. Like, that confidence, that belief. And the Sports Illustrated article that came out, I think, yesterday had basically the, the same thing. Like, mm-hmm. And in talking to him over the years, he he does like it here. Like, he does want to be a part of this. He really looks at Damian Lillard as, as, as his guy, as, you know, his yeah. mentor. And I think he is ready to take that step from, you know, mentor-mentee to, like, being the guy. And what better place to do it where you know where things sit right now, the organization loves you, adores you. They see great things for you, and the reality is he's probably going to get handed the keys relatively soon. Why would you want to go anywhere else? You're going to get paid. You're going to have the opportunities. You're going to be the number one eventually. Like, it's like... Yeah, You know, um, I can see somebody wanting to go somewhere else for, for other reasons, but it's hard for me to look at that from any other point of view and go, yeah, you know, I, I should go, go see what's on the other side of the fence.
2: No, no doubt. I also can't blame a young player for maybe being curious about that other side of the fence. Okay.
1: For sure. I'm um, saying
2: he will, but.
1: But again, and that's kind of the nice thing about restricted free agency is that. Right. That money is there for. Yep, you know, if to to put the onus on the team. So if the Blazers were put in that position, it's put up or shut up time. You right. can talk big game, but respect is, is paid in dollars. <laughs> uh, Julia at Jr. Davis forty four. We're hearing such mixed messages on whether or not Joe Ingles will play for the Blazers. Do you guys have any further insight or theories on that? So, I think everybody when this trade happened was like, oh, that's just a you know, a, a way for the Blazers to float some money. Blah blah blah. I have heard multiple theories. From from people around the re- around the league and people within the Blazers, I've heard that the Blazers value him and his bird rights. And Joe Ro- Joe Cron- Joe Rogan. Joe Cronin has said it publicly. Um, public comments I tend not to take all too seriously when it with regards to player movement, player personnel. Right. However, um, I have heard that from other people. But I've also heard that the the main reason that the Joe Ingles was signed was that. His $19 million cap hold allows them to operate as an above-the-cap team. And again, today's article with Jason Quick, um, Cronin did talk about Ingles. Yes, he um, did. Counted in the flexibility is Joe Ingles, whom he acquired in a trade with Utah. Even though the 34-year-old tore his ACL in January, Cronin says acquiring Ingles, who contract aspires at the season, was not necessarily a salary-cap-saving move. So that was a salary-cap-saving move, you have his bird rights, And you get above the cap with his cap hole. So, again, when we're talking about Joe Cronin and understanding the cap, there's a lot of things that mattered in doing this trade. Mm Mm-hmm. Engel's contract expires this season. Blah blah. blah. Because the Blazers acquired him a trade, they acquire his bird rights, which means they have to go over the salary cap to sign him and don't need a separate exception to do so. So it creates another mechanism for them to add to the roster or to add a player that they can go over and not use the MLE for, not use a BAE for. If you remember what Cronin did say in his in his last interview um, with Medina was, hey, we we're gonna need some time because we need all of our exceptions to, Mm -hmm. because if you look at the roster. Basically, only Damian Lillard is under contract and the rookies yeah. In into next year. They need to pay people to be in particular salary slots. But beyond that, he says it was about the player. Joe is a good player. He has a unique mix of talent, skill set, and mentality that you're looking for. Now, if you're looking for words, Brandon, I think you're going to hear a ton from Joe Cronin in his tenure. Mentality. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be one that's going to be the biggest one. Mentality, attitude, toughness, right? Do, do you think that's kind of where he's, he's at with this?
2: Oh yeah. I mean, I, I think he's made it abundantly clear. He, he's almost prioritizing intelligence and IQ with the athleticism that this team has mm-hmm. severely lacked. And I think that's an important part too, is if you're going to sneak up on teams and compete at a higher level and be better than what you've been, even though you had a couple good years, I, I think you need to sneak up on people by being a smarter team, and not so much just going, wow, they can really jump and they can really fly. Like mm-hmm. those things are important, but I think he values IQ. And when you talk about IQ, it's hard not to be circling Joe Ingles in that conversation. Yeah, I, I don't know what Joe Ingles is going to be. You know, I I read some thirty-five stuff in Utah. year old on the knee. <laughs> yeah, no, I read some stuff in Utah that even this year he was kind of hitting his decline a little yeah. bit. But Joe Ingles in a very limited role, you know, with X amount of minutes to play, even coming back off of a pretty serious knee injury. I still think is a pretty valuable thing to have. I mean, it's a, it's a ball handling, what? Six, seven, six, eight dude. Yeah. And, and that's not something they've had since Nick. So
1: a viable NBA player with size who can create, yes. who plays smart and heady, something the Blazers just
2: haven't had. Good leader, good locker room, dude, probably going to be seen drinking a pint somewhere near downtown Portland. Like that, who that's who Joe Ingles yeah. is. And if he gets 12, 13 minutes a night, Cool. It probably ends up being actually sneaky good for them.
1: Um but yeah, that's kind of what we sit with with Joe. Uh Chad Johnson at C underscore John underscore son twenty one. Got a little underscores in there. Excuse me.
2: Well, his Chad Johnson's a pretty common name there, Danny.
1: You know what? I had enough of you.
2: (laughs) Sorry, I'm just making sense. That's my bad.
1: Oh. Maybe it's just the painkillers kicking in, that's all. Ask ask this in another tweet to you. Is there a player, Chet, Banchero, Jabari, that you would consider packaging both picks for to move up and get, barring we get both and a team is willing, or do you think one pick will pretty much be moved for a vet, a grant type? Uh, I don't believe there's a world where they use both picks.
2: I don't. You don't believe there's a world. Okay, so even if both picks, one's in the top three and the other one's in the top five?
1: So let's say one lands top three. And one lands five and they get to keep that. Right. I think that changes what they do, whether it's Jeremy Grant or a player a higher player. A, a, sure. a bigger fish. I think that's ultimately the case. i I I will say this very um precisely. If the Blazers if the Blazers have an opportunity to draft one of the top two players in Jabari Smith or Chet Holmgren, I don't think there's a world that exists where they don't do that.
2: What about Banchero? Because Banchero is there for a lot of people.
1: He is. I don't know if Banchero fits what Joe Cronin is talking about. Interesting.
3: He is has that because the Duke thing?
1: Uh, not just the Duke thing. Like I think Mark Williams fits kind of what they're looking for as far as a center, rim running, tough, smart, petty, uh, viable passer. Banchero, I think, is kind of a poor man's Carmelo Anthony. And I mm. don't think that's what the Blazers are really looking for okay now if they're just saying one of the other things that Joe did say in this piece to quick is they will take talent over fit and yep. if they believe ben Chiro is, is the the you know highest ceiling highest talent player on the board then that's probably the way they'll go but i i believe that they would prioritize jabari number 1 overall uh, yeah, i would, well, i would imagine that that is what their draft board is going to look like
2: The talent overfit thing kind of sums up Portland in general too.
1: Which again is something that I love, love, love. But as far as Portland, I don't think they're gonna package picks to move up for a young
2: player. Well, I also don't think any of the top three worst teams in the league are taking a pick. To move back. They're not they're not taking two picks to move back when you're looking at Chet Banchurro or Smith. And and I know that I think there's gonna be a couple other players in this draft that actually are a lot better than they're getting a credit for and Mm -hmm. attention for. But those three specifically right now, because they've largely been the top three in these yeah. mocks.
1: And then, then, then you've got Shaden if he if he declares and, and Jaden, which again C- Yes, because Orlando a point forward, fantastic.
2: Because yep. Orlando, you've got uh you've got Suggs. I know you got Anthony. You could be looking at a Chet, you could be looking at a, a Jabari, mm-hmm. right? You're gonna add some young talent there. Uh Detroit, they've got Cade Cunningham.
1: They're um, looking for they, somebody to pair with Cade.
2: Sadiq Bay yeah. like they, they've got some nice little pieces out there I think I still think they lose Jeremy Grant and then Houston is obviously in a position of acquiring as much talent, talent as they possibly can and what do d- two draft picks equal if you end up hitting on one of the three top players like you you take let's say Banchurro somehow hops Smith and Smith drops like you could ultimately still end up with the best player in that draft with the third overall
3: pick
1: yeah which again uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how this stuff plays out. And for those who who haven't uh, kind of followed along, we will start leaning more into draft stuff as we get closer. We'll we'll do some some special stuff here for for March Madness. Uh, we'll have some some watch parties uh, around some games there. Uh, we'll, we'll watch some of the the you know top eight guys. Watch some Keegan Murray. Watch some Ben Matherin, Watch some Chet Holmgren. Some Paolo. Some uh, Jabari. Um, I don't think we'll spend too much time watching any of the point guards. I think I think that we've 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 kind of figured out the whole point guard thing <laughs> for a while
2: yeah yeah i mean i i don't think that's an area they should be looking at i'm curious to hear what you think about sharp as well out of if, kentucky. if he does declare yeah. well I, I think it's uh, a <laughs> it's kentucky yeah so <laughs> it,
1: it's for the folks that i've talked to in the recruiting scene a lot of them expect him to declare even though kentucky is selling that he's not going to
2: Mm, so yeah. it'll
1: be it'll be interesting to see how that goes um this is going to be a one and done answer very quickly from mike at chronic Sport. what do you think the odds of the blazers moving out of state if jody sells zero 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 this team is never moving never ever 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 ever
2: ever ever moving
1: the yeah. nba is not in the business of moving teams anymore they're in the business of getting more teams and keeping teams where they're at
2: well and and i just saw a thing and i i, I ended up finding where it was and listening to it simmons dropping today yeah Vegas, the, Seattle. The, and not, The
1: thing that we've been talking about for two years.
2: <laughs> well, he had some specifics. He said he wouldn't be shocked if New Orleans actually relocated to Seattle and Vegas became the only expansion. Then you got 31 teams. I think he said something like LeBron would probably be a part of the Vegas of franchise. Of the buying team, yeah. Yeah, and maybe he becomes a player-owner situation. I don't know how that works. But, I mean, that came out today. So, to me, that's an indication that you, zero. Zero percent chance is the answer. Yeah.
1: Portland is not moving. Uh, I could imagine new Orleans moving because they've kind of been a quasi, like, relocation home for teams just for a while. And as much as the whole Hurricane Katrina thing moved them out into OKC, they really didn't come flocking back in droves, you know.
2: Well, I I feel bad talking about it. I do.
1: You don't want everyone to see a a team, a city loser team. It sucks.
2: I, I, I joke about the fan base, but, like, the fan base that exists down there is very passionate. They like it.
1: It's small, but they care.
2: Well, and I saw you know Evan posted a clip of Portland Pelicans a few years back when they upset Portland. Like mm. that place was, was popping lit. with that team with the yeah. red unis. Like, but yeah, that's all I'm going to say. Is I feel it's an NFL town. It. Well, it's a football state. Yeah, I mean,
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's well, true. All states yeah. are. But but uh, as far as it pertains to Portland, they're not going anywhere. Um, Justin Sowers at J S Sowers. If the tank reaches top five level, who's the top five talent that makes all this worthwhile? Chet, Jabari, Paolo, and either Sharper Ivy. Like that's that's your top five. If the guy, the one that to me makes the most sense is Jabari. I, I I am not as against Chet as a lot of people are. I think the defensive potential there is real.
2: Ah, yeah. I just worry about the frame.
1: I do too. Uh, but I, I again, I watched Bulbul and I saw that and I went, that man is never going to be successful in the NBA. He can't move. I watched Chet and go, holy crap, that's a guy who can move.
2: Hey, he, he could be an absolute menace, and I, I wouldn't bat an eye at that. I just did one thing or two things that I think these people were incredibly nervous. Uh, the frame. I mean, he makes Kevin Gar- uh, Kevin Durant look buff. And But you
1: remember what KD looked like when he came out?
2: He couldn't bench press 185. Yes. Yeah, like that. I know he was skinny, but this kid looks pretty damn skinny. They're about the same. Yeah, maybe you're right. He somehow looks skinnier, and he's also the white guy from Gonzaga. So you're that's, only going to be. Honestly, that's the on that bigger
1: side. prohibitive thing for me than anything else. Is, uh, but I will say this one's starting and producing.
2: He's the Amer- He's American-born, right? Yes. So this could be. He break, could be our Larry he break. Bird. He could break. He could break the cycle. He could break. He could snap the streak, man. But I will say that Adam Morrison. You,
1: you you look at his advanced metrics. Do you know what his block rate is? I
2: don't. 12 percent okay it's pretty a good block rate in the nba yeah. is two yeah that's pretty damn impressive he's been a monster for them defensively like he is the reason they're as good as they are defensively even despite that saint mary's game um to, it's just to me like i just think it's okay and fair to wonder out. does that body type yes. not everybody's kevin durant they because historically it doesn't okay. hold up because katie could shoot like the thing that KD, it didn't matter what his weight was, was he could get a jump shot over anybody. Yes,
1: and Chet can. It's just not yeah. as good of a shot. No. um I, I, you know what? All good points. Are a, a name here that I probably should have mentioned, uh, AJ Griffin from Duke.
2: Six, I
1: think six. I think yeah. he has some of the most potential in the NBA draft. I think he is. I think if you're looking outside of the yeah those guys, the Chet home, the Chet Jabari Paolo trio. AJ is one of the most interesting ones because he shoots the living hell out of the ball. He's got a frame that he's built a lot like Nasir Little, built like a truck. Uh, he's just had injuries, and if his medicals don't clear, it's not great. But skill wise, he does some things that I think are just mind blowing, and I think he's a guy that you could say in, in three five years is an absolute star in the league. It would not he he is probably the guy that would, would surprise me the least out of the top three to see him become like an absolute stud in the league. As as crazy as that may sound. Um, Keegan Murray and Ben Matherin are are two guys that I'm watching a ton of, and I think those two guys are probably two of the most NBA-ready guys coming out of the draft Um, as far as, like, what they can do and how well they can plug into a team. Huh. All right. Blazers block at Blazers block. Any team looking to contend has to be able to defend the pick and roll. Blazers have struggled with the, with, with deciding when to go under screens or when to fight through them. Have you guys seen the improvement on this as of late? I know young guys need time to learn the nuances of an NBA offense. Is there a free agent you think that they should go after or maybe boost this aspect? Well, free agent, no. But if you're like if you're going after guys getting plus defenders, both in the yeah. team and personnel or uh, just uh, individual heads up schemes, um, matters. Like Jeremy Grant's a good defender. Aaron Gordon, like when they were targeting him, was a good defender. Mm. Um, Draymond Green, obviously an elite defender, really
2: good defender. Yeah,
1: uh, they're talking about Keon Johnson being a good point of attack defender. And He showed some of that stuff last night with getting over screens. He fundamentally, he showed some stuff last night in that game where defensively, I was like, "Oh, there's something to work with here." It's a long road ahead of him. <laughs> don't yeah. don't get me wrong, but when we're talking about like raw putty to work with, 19 year old kid who gives a shit on defense and has the athletic tools to you know do some things yeah and i think the blazers have been very very clear in joe Cronin, in his article with, with jason quick brandon was basically that
2: yeah heady smart players that that lock in on defense and and know how to move around and, and fit in on offense uh, i don't really have much to add to that i mean i, I think it's going to be a grant a Draymond type again i'm I have no clue who's going to become available and who's going to say ah, I'm good. I'm staying. Past. We
1: won't know that until the playoffs. Realistically,
2: no, I'm, I'm just kind of I'm spitballing here. I'm I'm reading tea leaves. I'm I'm hoping as well because the Draymond Dame stuff seems to be real. But that's I mean that's the type you're looking at. That's yes. what they're clearly maybe circling um, to maybe go acquire is is guys like that that address this very problem.
1: So this is from Ethan Gibson for both of you. Hypothetically, all the cards fall in Portland's favor. What does that look like to you as far as draft position selections, tar- tr- trades, friends, signings, potential disgruntled all-stars, etc.? What Basically, what does your magical offseason look like?
2: Um, you land Draymond and you land Jeremy Grant.
1: So you'd rather go veteran than, than get one of the, the unicorn-type players in the draft?
2: Well, yeah, because I, I want to see him win. Okay. No, I, and, and, and and again, I know I just did a thing at the beginning of the pod about how you can still win with an older Damian Lillard, but like the window for the most prime Damian Lillard is that I think he's going to be a menace is right now. Yeah. That would give you a very quick start on competing. Now, how long would that window be open? I, I don't know, but I know it'd be better than what they're currently doing and what they currently have been doing. Pair that with Josh Hart. Pair that with Joe Ingles coming off the bench after, after his recovery. Nas Little, like that's 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 a pretty good offseason in my opinion so that ideally is what would happen i think realistically it's grant and one of these draft picks and you hope that that young player really hits
1: i'm i'm gonna take a look here real quick because i if i remember right the free agent it's not great on the free agent class isn't good but i was looking at the free agent forwards because the free agent bigs is not good um who's going to be available in that group is the TJ Warren, Kyle Anderson, Thad Young right. kind of player. And if the Blazers use their MLE,
2: wouldn't slow-mo make no sense if you're, if you're angling for Joe Ingles?
1: Probably, but I think Kyle's a better version of that, but you could honestly, you could get them both because you use the MLE on Anderson and then you use the bird ride to resign um, Joe Ingles. But okay. again, my, my thought process here is if you're, if you're talking about, like, everything being done, like, let's talk about trades, let's talk about free agency, right? Um, using your exceptions, in a perfect world, you draft Jabari Smith. You sign, um, or you trade for, excuse me, uh, Jeremy Grant, or a player like him. Let's just continue to use Jeremy Grant because that's who they've been linked with. Right. And you sign, uh, I don't know, TJ Warren? Sure. Warren or Anderson? Either one of those guys. I think they, they each have their own particular skill sets. Um, let's say Anderson. He's a safer player. Got him. My nose is just everywhere right now. Uh, and you roll out Damian Lillard, Anthony Simons, uh, Kyle Anderson, mm-hmm. uh, Jeremy Grant, Yusuf Nurkic. And your bench consists of Josh Hart, Nasir Little, and Jabari Smith.
2: That's that's pretty exciting because you'd imagine Jabari as high praise as he's getting in this draft.
1: I, I he still plays twenty five minutes. Like well, he,
2: that's what I'm saying is his minutes are pretty up there, despite yeah. coming off the bench. And if that happens and he hits the way that many people think he could, uh, I mean that's a dude that it, it addresses an immediate futuristic viewpoint of the franchise yes. and may alter the way that they do business going forward from that point.
1: Yes, and then you're you're talking about. Something that I think makes a lot of sense.
2: Yeah, no, definitely. So I just I I, I think I, I'm continuing to stay optimistic, and I understand how this may sound to some, but like I can just see pathways, and you're reading the right things. I think you're hearing the right things, despite what the national media says about Dame, and you know, is he going to come back? This show? Like they CBS have options. A thing. They have options, but like I don't feel like that's an option. I feel like that's just a narrative that can, refuses to die, mm-hmm. and that bringing Dame back with Ant... And then seeing how they can maneuver with this paired with whatever that traffic is, it's, it's kind of exciting to me because it's going to be so drastically different than what we've seen the last four or five years.
1: Yeah. I, I think that's kind of what we're looking at. And this is, this is uh, shout out to Ricky uh, at Ricky bells, PDX uh, who took a question. I think that gained a lot of traction on Twitter and twisted it a little bit. Would okay. it be worth it to leverage our future and dump everything the team has for a one-year rental of LeBron James to get Dame a ring? Yes. You you would you you trade Ant for LeBron?
2: It gave Dame a ring?
1: I, I guess if you're saying it, it's a hundred percent chance of doing you, that.
2: If it, if it gives you a hundred percent chance of winning a ring, I sacrifice anything because if anything's taught me history in Portland, it's that just because you got great players don't mean you're winning a ring. That could be the one ring the rest of your whole life.
1: It's true. It would that Broadway parade. But also I don't think Dame would want to do it that way.
2: Oh, I don't think he would do it that way, but to answer that question with that specific Direction, yes. If it requires getting a ring, I'll do it.
1: Um, we'll wrap on this one. Okay. Is there a realistic path to champion aspir- championship aspirations in the next few seasons? If not, what does that rebuild look like? And that's Harry at White Guilt forty-eight.
2: Well, I'm glad you got some white guilt. It's important to carry around that white guilt all day. Um, <laughs> Harry, do they have championship aspirations? Yes. Do they have a championship path? Not today. But I think they have the flexibility they have a to map. maneuver a map guiding them the way they want to take it to find the path to championship contention. Now, whether they find that or not, I have no clue. This could flame out bad. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's fun to watch and to kind of read and they kind of feel the energy, I think, from the organization right now that, yeah, this season's awful. It's over. They're tanking. They hope not to win another game this year, uh, which Joe also told, told Jason Quick, which I thought was great. It was like, hey, we'll be okay if we build momentum in the summer. Um, but you're seeing that it's an organization that understood what what it, the hand it was dealt. And this is the fastest way to get out of that hand. They're going to fold it, and they're going to bring it right back. Their pot still has a decent mm-hmm. chunk. They can still compete. It's just a matter of what cards are they going to draw.
1: Yeah, they're not pot committed. They were before. And that's I think if you want to use a, a, a you know a a poker analogy, that's yeah. kind of where they're at right now. It's like they're not pot committed. They still have turns that they can make. Like you you're you're not waiting on that river going oh god this is our only chance. Right, right. And I think that's an interesting spot of where the Blazers are at right now. So we'll get out of here on that. Thank you all so, 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 so very much. We appreciate you. We love you. Brandon's got to go do dad things. So, um, again, thank you for all the questions. If we didn't answer yours, we will get back to them, and we'll answer more as we kind of keep going. Uh, the pre- and post-game show stuff will be back on. Thank you. We love you. We appreciate you. Like, rate, review, subscribe. Help us grow the show. If this is your first time here, please k- click subscribe. Help us get to 3000 It's free. It's easy. If you want to become a member, go ahead and click the Join button. Join the community. Come and watch the watch parties. And I'm going to run the thing for the uh, Nicholas Platoon jersey. So if you are a oh, winner. Keep a heads up uh, uh, for that here in the next uh, probably day or so. And uh, I will let you know who the winner is the next time we do the show. So, you know what? Maybe you know what I'll do? The next for the next pregame show, I will run the lottery during the show. So everybody can, can, can see it. Okay. That's what we'll do. Uh, and then uh, I'll send that out. So again, thank you all so, so, so very much. We appreciate you. We love you. Like, review, subscribe, do all the things. You can find us on social media at Jack Ramboz, at Danny Morang, at Brandon Sprague. Until next time, we will catch you for the pre and post game show uh, tomorrow. And then uh, we'll talk Wednesday. Soon. Wednesday. God, all my days are blending yeah. together. Ah, uh, okay. I blame the drugs. Uh, <laughs> take care, everybody. Have a w-